0: If you want to know how to create like the greats, let's break it down. Welcome to Create Like The Greats, a podcast where we take you into the inner workings of how some of the greatest creators of all time did or do what they do. We study the strategies and techniques that some of the greatest creators are taking advantage of so the rest of us can do the same. I'm Ross Simmons, your host, and I'm here to help you in your pursuit of creating something great. Today, we're going to be talking about one of the most successful companies of the last few years, a company that you've likely have used or interacted with, maybe without even knowing. Whether it was to have a server help you find a place to sit in a restaurant or pay for that tuna maki roll at your favorite sushi spot, the brand Toast has a hold on so much of the restaurant industry over the last few years that in this episode, we're going to be diving in to how it all came to be. Let's get started. Imagine laying off 50% of your workforce. Also imagine being hit with a massive disruption that affected every single client that you had. In fact, their sales dropped by 80%. How long could you last? How long could you keep going? Well, this is the story of Toast, and this is how it was able to survive across some of the darkest days of COVID-19 when restaurants all around the globe were ultimately impacted. Many of them shut down, and some of them never came back while the height of the pandemic now seems very very far away it wasn't too long ago when hand sanitizer was the norm it was kind of like an appetizer that came with every meal bare grocery store shelves with no toilet paper anywhere the frightening headlines made the front page of the newspaper of our twitter accounts our facebook accounts every single day we were seeing news Restaurants were on the front lines of a massive global crisis as people stopped eating oat and restaurant volumes rapidly dropped from 70 to 90 to even, at some places, 100%. In many ways, it felt like the end of an industry. People were apprehensive about dining in, but instead an opportunity arose, an opportunity to start ordering online home delivery. And even though some people may have gotten their home deliveries wearing gloves and sprayed down everything that was dropped off at their door, some of you might be chuckling, but this is true, this is how it went in a lot of places. The operational change in the way that the restaurant industry ultimately would be influenced by this pandemic would have a lasting impact It would have a lasting impact on Toast, on a lot of the players within this industry, but even those restaurants, they they too had a massive impact. Despite all of that that was going on, the economic crisis, layoffs, and so much more, Toast was able to in many ways ride that wave. I wanna remind you that when I say they were able to ride the wave, I'm not talking about this exclusively from a, a stock standpoint, because yes, there's no question that at the time of the pandemic, they have definitely taken a hit. At Tosa's IPO, they were valued at over $20 billion, and most recently, today in 2023, at the time of the recording of this episode, less than 10 billion. Now, 10 billion is still a massive number, and 20 billion is even massiver, but don't get me wrong, this is the result of a complete shift in the way that the entire tech world is completely seen and i don't know exactly who said it but i can recall a a quote that i've heard time and time again and it essentially is this don't judge a company by its stock price judge a company by the company and essentially you look at toast and you look at some of their metrics there's no question that the organization itself seems to be doing quite well if you look at their annual recurring revenue, they're generating $901 million in a quarter for that quarter of Q4 2022. So when you look at that quarter, 901 million, you compound that over the the life cycle of their clients and their expectations of growth, there's a realistic perspective that, okay, maybe 2023, 2024 will be even bigger, even better for them, especially when you consider the size of the restaurant industry they've seen between 2021 and 2022, 59% year-over-year growth. When you look at their total revenue, they saw 60% year-over-year revenue growth. When you look at their annual retention rate, they have over 118% annual net retention. So despite all of the darkness that engulfed the restaurant industry during the pandemic, Toast has been able to turn things around. They've been able to do quite well, so to speak. Because despite the decline in volumes and orders due to people's apprehension about dining in, restaurants still became and still remains a massive total addressable market. When people talk about total addressable market, there's always this question of like, why is everybody so focused on that? It's a focus because the total addressable market that you are in, the total number of companies that you could serve, is essentially your playground. In Fortos, their playground is huge. The restaurant industry is one of the largest industries in the U.S. and global economy. There's over 860,000 restaurants in the U.S. On a global scale, way more. 22 million locations with an annual U.S. sales of over $800 billion. Now imagine Toast takes a percentage of every single restaurant sale, and that is when you have an organization that ultimately is not only sticky, but also is kind of built into the infrastructure within this space, within this industry. During all of this, during all of this happenings that were going on around them, the thing that Toast did that stands out to me as a marketer, as a creator, as a builder is... Not only were they able to innovate on their product and their features, they were also able to invest in something that a lot of organizations overlook. And you might be familiar with it if you've listened to a few of our other episodes, but it's what I like to call the content moat. It's a spinoff of one of my favorite investment terms, which is a moat, which was coined by Warren Buffett and refers to a business's ability to stay competitive over competition in order to protect its long-term profits and market share from competing firms. Similar to a medieval castle, a business moat acts as protection for those who are inside the fortress and their riches from the enemy. In marketing, we often overlook the fact that we too have the ability to influence an organization's moat. Now, typically when organizations are thinking about their moat, they're thinking about things that Warren Buffett kind of coined as being the the staples of an economic moat. Things like closely held trade secrets. Increasing your unit value. So having a deep understanding of pricing strategy and value perception. Tapping into network effects. So being able to tap into the idea that more people, more users of your product ultimately increases the value of your product to drive scale. Brand. Brand too plays an impact in your moat. Nobody says no to IBM. Nobody looks at someone who ordered a Coca-Cola and says, oh, that's a nasty beverage. Company culture. Also a part of a mode and business model innovation, being able to leverage experiments and research can also be a part of it. Now, now, of all of these, the one thing that didn't show up is content. And I believe that content as a moat is one of the biggest opportunities that exist today, especially thanks to search. And while there's a lot of skepticism and questions, or at least dialogues happening every single day about whether or not ChatGPT is going to replace Google. Chat GPT is going to redefine the way that we do search. Today That is not the case. Could it be in the future? Possibly. But you have to keep in mind that Google is a multi-billion dollar company. I think even trillion dollar company if you look at their organization of Alphabet. And I can bet with somewhat confidence that they're going to take some swings, they're going to make a move, where they're going to leverage the thing that they have in the market, which is great distribution, i.e. Google Chrome, i.e. the fact that the vast majority of search experiences, online experiences, start today with Google. Most people who are finding ChatGPT are going to Google and typing it in. All of these things are real. And what Toast has done with search is far from something that you would say is mediocre. They generate 1.6 million monthly organic visits to their site. They rank for over 641 keywords. What does that mean? 641,000 keywords, let me clarify. So when you type in 641,000 different phrases, combinations of words into Google today, you have an opportunity to land on Toast's website because they rank in Google when somebody types in more than 640,000 different keywords. Your website is highly linked to. So there's a lot of different blogs, a lot of different websites, journals, reporters, writers, creators who have linked to their content over 10 million times. So when you look at them, you look at this company, a company that sells point of sale software that's generating 19 million visits every single year, 19 million people visiting the site potentially. Sure, don't get me wrong, some of those are going to be repeat visits, but on top of those 19 million are probably paid visits, There's social referral visits. This is just organic, right? Visiting a website for a point of sale software company. Now, When I saw this, when I saw how much traffic they were generating, the number of keywords they were ranking for, the number of backlinks, and their success, I had to really dive in deeper to better understand what in the world are they doing over there. And in this episode of Create Like the Greats, I'm going to dive into the strategies that help Toast win. No doubt about it, when I talk about Toast, I'm talking about their approach to content and SEO, because their content and SEO strategy is one that I believe many organizations should study, especially if you work in the wonderful world of vertical software. Vertical software is a space where you're essentially speaking to a single offering, a single lane of customers within a specific niche and you're offering them something that might already exist in the general public, but you've tailored it towards a specific industry. Now, point of sale software generally has been around for years, but selling it exclusively to restaurants is something that was a little bit new. A lot of organizations say, we have point of sale software and we'll sell it to everybody and anyone. If you're a small business, we've got you covered. But Toast... And very specific. And in this episode, I'm going to share with you all of the details, all of the lessons, all of the insights that you can take from their growth. In this episode, we're going to be sharing some practical tips on how you can navigate disruption, how you can navigate crisis, but also how you can tap into the power of marketing, content, and so much more. In this episode, we're going to dive in deep to learn about Toast. Please note that the content in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be construed as financial investment or legal advice. Always consult with a professional advisor before making any investment decisions. I may hold securities or investments in some of the brands or companies that I discuss on this podcast, and I want to be transparent about any potential conflicts of interest. Now let's get back to the show. Finding a service solution that helps you better connect with your customers and keep them happy can feel impossible. It's kind of like trying to remember the name of the guy that you just met at a networking event. Was it Ron? Was it Don? Was it John or Sean? Who knows, right? It's like that kind of impossible. HubSpot's all-new service hub can help, well, with the service solution product, at least. It brings service and success together in one powerful platform for the first time ever with an AI-powered help desk and an AI chatbot that helps handle frontline tickets fast. Plus, it comes with a customer success workspace that helps your reps anticipate customers' needs and a full 360 view of every customer so you can go to market and your go-to-market team can have a pulse on the accounts before you try to upsell or cross-sell. Also, you can scale, support, drive retention and revenue. And you know what that means. Better service, happier customers at every single stage of the journey. Visit HubSpot.com slash service to do more with your customers today. First things first, what does Toast actually do? Now, to ensure that we all understand the model of this business, what it does, its operations, I'm going to take you back in a time to when it all began. Back in 2011, under a completely different name, you see the organization founded in Massachusetts, USA, I might have butchered that name, Massachusetts, I butcher that again. I'm sorry. But they rebranded to Toast in 2012. Steve Fredette, Amon Narang, and Jonathan Grimm. The original idea for Toast came from all of the hours that Fredette, Narang, and Grimm spent hanging out in Boston bars, cafes, and restaurants, trying to figure out what in the world they should build. One day, after experiencing a particularly long wait time, waiting for their check, or as we call in Canadian world, a receipt, they thought that they found a problem that could be fixed by paying the check from their smartphone. If only the technology existed. Now, this is what they did. They realized that that is something that they wish did, in fact, exist. So, they made it happen. Toast wanted to make a technology that would help people pay for their check, their bill, easier. They didn't want to take the traditional route though with fancy slides and trying to raise multi-billions of dollars from VCs and going around from room to room pitching at startup hubs to try to raise money. They didn't want to have to send out 120 different emails to try to raise funds. They didn't want to put a bunch of slides together and talk through all of the traditional storytelling that a startup would do. Instead, they wanted to build they wanted to ship things they wanted to create things they wanted to add value to the ecosystem one of the founders of a successful saas company where all of these gentlemen worked called indeca it sold to oracle for about a billion dollars and the founder steve papa reached out to an investor named kent bennett at bessemer venture partners and he told kent that he needed to meet with the three best engineers that he had on staff at indeca those three founders best engineers, all the same people. And according to a memo that Kent wrote for the BVP blog on this topic, Steve Papa told Kent that he would be, and I quote, a total moron not to invest in them. Well, when Kent said, uh, what are they building? A blunt response was delivered. Papa said, it doesn't matter. Click. And he hung up the phone. While the firm wasn't ready to invest, they did offer The Trio, an empty office, and unlimited stacks within BVP's offices. For the next few months, the founders bunkered down in some empty office space at the office in Boston, and these three guys in some office space eventually became Toast, a provider of a software that is used by hundreds of thousands of people all over the globe. And in February 2015, Toast, the all-in-one restaurant software platform company, named Chris Comparato, as its chief executive officer. Chris led and expanded that team to hundreds of thousands of restaurants nationwide. At the time when he joined, it's estimated that they were doing about a million in ARR, and they were based in both New York, Chicago, and Miami in terms of the actual restaurants that they were serving and some of the individuals that were working on the team. And you fast forward a little bit further, by 2015, the team had unlocked over a 1,000 restaurant locations. Fast forward to 2020, they were boasting over 40,000. You see, here's where things get even more interesting. And I give a huge shout out to Bessemer for sharing all of their insights around this organization and their history experience with it because there was a memo. There was a memo that back in December 2015 that Kent Bennett and Eric Algreen wrote surrounding Toast and that entire organization. It said, We believe that this is the best product team in the POS space. The CEO and the co-founders were A players at Indeka. And the team is extremely hungry, working all hours obsessed with building out the best product the restaurant industry has ever seen. In January 2016, that team raised $30 million. You see, a lot had happened between then and their first starting date. Tons of shifts in the industry, tons of shifts had happened within the organization. But more than anything, that executive hire of Chris ultimately allowed them to continue to thrive and ultimately take the founder's vision and bring it to reality. When you look at 2020, lots of shifts continued to happen. Product innovation, an elevated content marketing strategy, and so much more. So much that by February 2020, Toast was able to raise... A 400 million Series F round at $4.9 billion valuation, led by their friends at Bessemer, TPG, Green Oaks, and Tiger. Beyond solving the problem of payments, Toast has grown to be a technology company that provides a wide range of tools and services to help restaurants operate not only more efficiently, but also more effectively through online ordering, menu management, analytics, and a whole bunch of things that go far beyond that whole idea of just being a point of sale system. Now you might be thinking, is that not a whole lot of different services for one company to do? It is, but that's why they've raised so much funding. This startup is no longer a startup, it's now a scale up, it's an organization that is truly mature, it's publicly traded, it is truly trying to fundamentally change the way that restaurants operate and in many ways, it's been successful. Toast was able to set themselves apart from the competition and deliver a seamless and integrated experience for its restaurants. What's even more fascinating to know is that they closed the year 2020, the year of the pandemic, with a 23.76% increase from 2019 revenue. So yes, this company is thriving. But what did they do to allow themselves to thrive? A lot of different things. Product innovation, focusing on their clients, embracing the idea of investing constantly in their product and innovating in ways that the industry was rejecting to always level up and compete, not just on storytelling, but also in terms of making sure that they were actually serving their customers and their needs. They recognized very early that restaurant owners in some places, some regions, aren't multi-billion dollar companies. They're not backed by PE firms. They're, they're small mom and pops using Toast and they rely on Toast for a lot of their experiences and they, they've retained that connection to their customers for years. And one of the ways that they continue to do it, one of the ways that they continue to add value to the market is in a way that I believe more organizations need to embrace. It's through content. And that's the strategy that I want to break down next. We all know that content is harder to create than most people think. And to be consistent with creating content, it's without question even more difficult. So how does Toast do it? How do they do it every single day? How did they leverage content to build a strategy that generated millions of dollars in revenue, but also millions of visits every single quarter? How did they leverage content amidst a pandemic to serve their audience? What do they know about content that the rest of us might not? Well, all you have to do is take a quick look at their website, pos.toasttab.com slash blog, and you'll see a handful of different assets that I believe hit the nail on the head for exactly the type of strategy that every brand needs to embrace when it comes to content, but more times than not, they actually overlook. It's the idea of being fully bought into creating and telling a story that your audience loves, serving truly with that mentality of I am here to serve for your ideal customer. Now, you might be wondering, Ross, you said pos.toastab.com slash blog. That's a mouthful. You're right. It is. They don't own Toast.com, and that's where I originally went to try and find them, but I guess that price somehow is still out of their budget, even for a multi-billion dollar company. I don't know who owns Toast.com and what they're trying to do with that URL, but pretty sure that hefty price tag must be significant. All right, I digress. The key point here is this. If you go to their blog and you scroll for just a second, you're going to see What I would believe and I would consider high-value content, high-value stories. Why do I refer to them as that? It's high-value because they are creating content and telling stories every single day that their audience wants to consume. They're putting out stories and messages that their audience is itching to read and consume because it's going to help them achieve their own professional goals. Every single day, Toast is creating content for bar owners, for restaurant owners, for cafe owners who are looking to increase their revenue, increase the number of people who are giving them reviews on TripAdvisor and Yelp, and increase the number of people who are ultimately swiping their credit card, smiling at the end of a meal, saying, what an amazing experience I just had. This is where Toast has prioritized their ideal audience above all. And as you look at the Toast journey, when you think about their investment in product or you think about their investment in content, that is at the forefront of everything that they've done. They are customer centric. When you go to their blog and you're scrolling through, you'll see everything from how to make an opening and closing checklist for a catering business, all the way through to how you can actually create a perfect recipe or a perfect menu for your ideal customer. Now, If you're online, let's say that you are a restaurant owner, or you run a catering business, you're going to go to Google and you might be typing in something like, how do I create a closing or opening checklist? Like, what do I do? You go to the Toast website, not really knowing that it's Toast because you're landing there through Google. You consume that content, you might download a checklist, and then Toast has your email. Now that they have their email, they are now able to send you more information about Toast and also about how to be a better caterer. This is the solution. This is the process that more brands need to embrace. Understand the power of creating stories and content that serve your clients, that they are looking for online today, give it to them, and then reap the benefits by capturing their information and giving them more value in the weeks to come. When you go to the Toast website, you might see a blog post that's talking about things like, how to make an opening and closing checklist, but you might also see something like 20 pizza captions and quotes that will make your audiences mouth water, or 20 restaurant quotes and captions that you can share on social media, or the benefits of bartender training and the best bartender training programs that are available online. All of these pieces of content align with their audience. All of these pieces of content can fundamentally help their audience They are valuable, they're tailored, they're in many ways personalized based off of the ICP in which they're trying to talk to. ICP, what does that mean? Ideal customer profile, all businesses have them. The ideal person that you want to sell your product to is considered an ICP, ideal customer profile. Take a second right now and think about who it is that you wish you could sell to every single time. Think about your current client list if you are in the world of service or software, whatever it might be, and ask yourself which ones pay the best, which ones constantly pay on time, which ones are less, do we have to haggle less or argue with less or give us a great customer experience, which ones rave about us. Think about that person, the person who you love to work with. That is your ICP. Everyone else, is likely not. And when you think about it, when you think about Toast and their investment in content and storytelling and product, they're not only only providing people with content that's going to help them learn how to use Toast, they're educating their customers. And by educating their customers, their customers are going to be better. And if their customers are better, their customers generate more revenue. And if their customers generate more revenue, then Toast generates more revenue and the flywheel starts to take off. If their blog helps their customers make more money and their customers are making more money, that means more transactions are happening at their storefronts. And if more transactions are happening within their storefronts, then ching-ching, toast gets a cut. At first, you might be thinking, interesting, I get it. Creating all of this content ultimately gives them the ability to capture the attention. But as you go deeper, you realize that while attention is one of the key things here, it's not just that. It's not just attention. It's giving them real value. Real value that they associate with Toast's brand. Imagine a brand that you work with, that you are using on a day-to-day basis, providing you with tips and tricks on how to use that thing that you're already paying for a little bit better. Or how to use something that's not even associated with your business or that product in that business, but is still helpful for you as an individual. It kind of feels selfless. In many ways, the brand rapport, the brand trust is gonna be through the roof. And that is what Toast does every single time they create a piece of content that is high value and is going to help their restaurant owner, that cafe shop owner, that caterer, that food truck owner get closer to achieving their own goals. As someone might start to read content, on how restaurant technology can improve job satisfaction and decrease quit rates, as they start to read content on how to make a coffee shop opening and closing checklist, or how to buy a food truck with no money, or better yet, a story on toast capital loans and how it helped a certain stake open 70 plus outdoor seating seats, the rapport and the connection gets deeper. You see, this is where it gets even more interesting. I want to double down on this, this idea because this is a piece of content that I saw them publish and it sent me even further down the toast rabbit hole called Toast Capital Loans. This is where things get really interesting. You see, they have a blog and in that blog, they're writing content about things like how to buy a food truck, how to set up your food truck recipe or a menu, all of these different things. But they also have a piece that talks about how one steakhouse was able to increase their outdoor dining seats in the wintertime, and it renovate its kitchen to over 70 additional seats. Now, how were they able to do it? They tapped into a loan, but not just any loan. It was a Toast Capital loan. See, Toast is getting into the wonderful world of finance management as well, or loaning, lending, etc. What do I mean by that? They actually have a piece of content on their blog that talks about how this Steakhouse was able to increase their revenue essentially, and their capacity to generate revenue by taking on this loan. You see, Toast Capital is something that they recently launched and gives them the ability to roll out loans within certain jurisdictions to restaurant merchants and owners, etc., to help them make better investments in their business. Toast Capital offers eligible Toast customers access to loans ranging from everywhere from five grand to $300,000, so these restaurant owners and people who are running a restaurant can essentially take what they need to get closer to their goals. You might be thinking, what a completely different type of business model that is. It is, but it's not. Why? Because as mentioned earlier, every single day these restaurants have people going into their restaurants and paying for meals, buying sushi, buying pizza, buying all kinds of different things. And as they buy these things, it just so happens that it's going through Toast's platform. Toast has direct access to the money. They have direct access to these companies' bank accounts. And what Toast has the ability to do is they're able to set it up so every single time you make a purchase through that stake host that opened up 70 different additional dining seats, they're able to take a fixed percentage of that transaction every single day and use that to repay the loan. So customers don't have to worry about a new bill that is going to come. It actually is directly connected to the transactions that are happening within the restaurant. How brilliant is that? Better yet, it's pretty low risk for the restaurant because it's directly related to how much revenue and sales they're generating per day. So if you're having a hot day, tons of sales, tons of transactions, then of course your payment is gonna be higher than on a low, slow day. This is all contributing to toast's bottom line. It all contributes to Toast's ability to create a content marketing mode that ultimately allows them to generate tons of revenue from a wide range of different sources, from software to point of sale, all the way through to their Toast Capital Loans program. Now, here's where this all comes back to what I was talking about earlier. At the end of the day, the better their content, the more ideal content assets that they create for these restaurant owners, the better. Because not only are these people gonna be better business people and be able to actually create a thriving business that taps into these loans and is able to pay off these loans. But there are also going to be people who are able to generate more sales and those sales go back into Toast because they're helping them run their business. This is a brilliant business model. And when a restaurant owner is going to Google and they're trying to figure out what are the best restaurant tools, it just so happened that Toast wrote a blog post that is ranking for those keywords. That's right. When you go to Google and you type in best restaurant marketing tools, it just so happens that there's going to be an article that lives on the Toast website that talks about things like MailChimp and Chow Now, Constant Contact, Moose and MailerLite. But of all of these, the number two listed on the website is Toast, Toast Marketing, a native email marketing product that is offered by Toast. So brilliant, right? They're incorporating blatantly their own business directly in the content talking about themselves. So when you think about your strategy, you want to think about how you can also incorporate yourself into the stories that are out there. Every single day, folks, people are trying to make decisions on what they should buy and what they should purchase. And you can either just sit back and allow the rest of the world, the rest of the internet to dictate what people consume and see. Or you can throw your hat in the ring and say, we're going to influence this. We're going to influence culture by creating content and stories that are going to align with our message. When you think about your strategy, you want to ensure that the stories, the content that you're creating isn't just something that aligns with your ICP, but it's also something that aligns with your business, folks. And when you do that, you can ultimately not only support your customers, but support your business so you can extract significant amounts of value from search. Aside from creating valuable content, a second factor that has made a major difference for Toast is the way in which they structure their content, right? That structure that they have is not just a basic block of text. When you're consuming their content, when you're on their website and you're looking at, let's say, the complete guide to online ordering for restaurants, it was written at the peak of the pandemic, it's not just a bunch of text. It's not just a basic blog post that you would read in 1999. It's got images, it's got visuals, it's got a big, bold banner that tells you exactly what it's about. It's optimized for search. It has that perfect blend between being optimized for search, but also optimized for the human. And they lift every single question that you might ask and answer them. Here's a pro tip. Right now, I want you to go to Google and think about something that is relevant to your industry type it in. You'll probably find that right below that is this section on Google called the People Also Ask section. In this People Also Ask section, it's showing you clearly what Google thinks other people searching for this thing are worried about, thinking about, and have questions about. Now, if you can take those questions and you can actually place them into a blog post and answer every single one of those questions and create a landing page all dedicated to answering those questions, you're probably gonna have a piece of content, if done well, that will rank. This is one of the things that Toast has done so well. they formatted their content in a way that constantly attracts and speaks to their customer journey. It speaks to the audience's pain point. It speaks to their ICP's search intent, the things that they are looking for. It helps them with that, and it answers those questions through content. Whether you are unaware of the opportunity at large around things like online ordering, Or you are problem aware, meaning you fully are aware that this is a thing. One of the things that Toast really realizes is that every single person who is trying to make a decision as a restaurant owner, I'm not talking about you as a consumer and whether or not you ordered lunch through an online ordering platform. I'm talking about restaurant owners. They know that there's a full spectrum. There's people in the world of restaurants that are completely anti-online ordering, and there are people who run fully running ghost kitchens. And in this guide, they go in depth to answer every question that you could have across the board. That's how it's done, folks. That is how it's done. You go in depth, you answer every question, and you leave no rock unturned. But it doesn't end with blog posts, folks. No, 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 no. It's not just blog posts. A lot of people make that mistake when they're thinking specifically about a content strategy. They think, Ross, you're just talking about blog posts. It's just blog posts. No, folks. There's more to content than blog posts. What you're listening to right now is content. When you go online and you're scrolling through a YouTube video, that is content. When you're consuming stories online, it's all content. If you go to posttab.tos um, tab.com/resources, you're going to see a wide range of different types of content. Everything from calculators and templates to courses. You could see ebooks, you can see blog posts and so much more. But one of my favorite things that Toast offers is this guest experience bootcamp. Yes, bootcamp. It's a bootcamp that restaurant owners can sign up for or sign their staff up for that gives them the ability to learn everything there is to know about loyalty campaigns, social media strategies, extending their customer reach, and how to power, how to use the power of feedback to drive more sales, how to sell more gift cards, how to generate more results, how to get repeat business, and so much more, right? This is content marketing excellence, the more deeply I go into the br- this brand, the more jealous I get when I'm thinking about how well they are doing at content marketing. They're building a content marketing mode. All of this is available in a PDF, in-depth research backing, all of the insights around it. This is how content is done, and they do it extremely well. Long-form assets, long-form pieces of content that support their ICP, no matter if they're a caterer or running a food truck, they've created and have developed it all. They maximize their content to ensure that it's optimized for search. They optimize their content to ensure that it's optimized for conversions. The content doesn't just live in blog posts. It's in videos, ebooks, and so much more. And this is where Toast differentiates themselves from everybody else in the space by truly unlocking content excellence. Cream. Content rules everything around me. That's the mistake that a lot of people have fallen victim to over the last few years. Shout out to Wu Tang for the reference, but a lot of people think that content is all you need. Create content and you'll win. Create content and you'll thrive. Create, 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 create. If you have great content, it can help, but it isn't everything. Distribution actually is very important. Optimization is very important. Research before you actually create a bunch of content also very, very important. If you create a great piece of content that's a restaurant guide, a pricing guide, and nobody actually sees it, you have wasted your time. It was for nothing. That is why Toast doesn't call it a day after they create a great piece of content. They don't just distribute it through social media and email and SEO. They spread that thing everywhere that they can. They optimize it, they ensure that they're promoting it, they're amplifying it, they're telling the story. It doesn't just end when they hit publish in the blog. They make sure that their content is optimized for search. And I've talked about this a little bit earlier, but it's important to talk about again because search is one of the key things that differentiates Toast from most POSs. And I say this because when I looked at their competitors, there's no question that they are up against some juggernauts in the space, but Toast has done an amazing job at recognizing the power of search. When you embrace SEO, search engine optimization, You are embracing the behavior of humans that has happened over the last two decades where they go to the internet and they type in keywords that they believe are going to help them get to a destination that solves a problem. That is how the vast majority of search experiences, internet experiences, excuse me, start today with somebody going to Google and actually typing in a phrase or a keyword that will give them an answer to a question. And a lot of the gurus, a lot of the marketing execs today are saying, yeah, but search is dying. Search is dying. Everybody's going to ChatGPT5. I hear you. There's no question that ChatGPT and AI is going to fundamentally change the way that business is done. It's no question that it's, that experience is going to change the way that search is done. But there's also no question that right now, millions of people are still literally today, as you hear my words, going to go to Google and type in keywords. And those keywords are going to drive them to a place that they are going to ultimately make a decision to buy from. And this is why I still believe today there is a ton of value to be achieved by investing, improving, and growing your SEO moat. What is an SEO moat? An SEO moat is a concept and an idea that is essentially an iteration on Warren Buffett's concept of an economic moat which is essentially a competitive advantage that a business gets to kind of build essentially a moat around a castle, kind of thing thing, think similarly to that, that is very difficult to disrupt. And if you can build an SEO moat, meaning that you show up in Google for the vast majority of the keywords within your industry, then you're setting yourself up for success long-term because it's going to take a lot to actually remove you out of the SERP, unless you've just used a whole bunch of black hat techniques to get there. And that's a whole nother episode, but I wanna talk about how Toast has leveraged SEO because what they've done is short of amazing. They have established themselves in a way that allows them to generate over 200,000 organic keywords in the entire database of Google that you can type in that will lead people to their website. Let me say that again, just to make sure it's super clear. There are over 200,000 different words that you can state into Google or phrases that you can type into Google and by pressing enter, you will land on Toast's website. They really do need to invest in that domain. Today, even more, right? When you look back at that, they would have had to spend over dollars, $830, $830,000 a month to be able to generate that traffic through paid ads. That's a lot of money. If you look at that investment, the amount of content that they've created, the amount of stories that they've told, it's going to pay for itself because they would have to spend $830,000 every single month to generate how much traffic they're getting today through organic traffic. And folks, I wanna reiterate, that's just the blog, right? The total website, if you wanted to capture as much traffic as Toast gets every single month, you'd have to spend a million dollars plus, a million dollars. They have invested in SEO to a point where they generate millions of dollars worth of traffic every single year. You see, when you look at them and you look at their comparisons to competitors, the gap is significant. There's typically about a 25% gap in how much traffic they're generating from search. There's about a 25% gap in the amount of value of the traffic when you compare them to competitors. More people are going to Toast when they're looking for things related to restaurants than almost any other site. Toast has closed the gap with some of the biggest names in point of sale software solutions. This is something that they've done extremely well. They've done an extremely good job at not only creating content that ranks her keywords that are relevant to their industry, but they've also done a good job at making sure that when people are looking at their competitors, they're also showing up. What do I mean by that? Let's say you're going to Google and you're typing in Toast alternatives. Turns out that Toast has created a blog post on that topic and they're more likely to rank. They have done this extremely well whether it's keywords like food delivery app, menu menu engineering, or all kinds of different tools related to their space, like restaurant management software, blah, blah, blah. They have done an amazing job at creating content that ranks for keywords that somebody who's looking for a solution like theirs would actually type into Google. But one of the most strategic things that they did around their competitors that I think is just absolutely brilliant is creating comparison pages. A comparison page is a page that exists on the internet where it takes two different entities, and it compares them. For example, you might go to Google and type in, what's the difference between a Reebok pump and Jordan's number one, Jordan's first sneaker, whatever it might be. And then you are met with a landing page that talks about the difference, which ones give you the most velocity when you walk, which ones are the most comfortable, which ones are older, which ones are worth more, all these different things. This might be in a strategy that a brand like GoatApp or something like that might leverage. But those are the things that essentially are comparison pages. Why do they exist? Because they exist because oftentimes these sites that rank for them have affiliate deals set up where if I mention both two different shoes and you click on a shoe and you buy it from the URL that I send you to, I get a kickback. But if you're in the software game, you're not playing that affiliate game. You're playing a different game. You're not playing the mattress war game. If you go to Google and you type in best mattresses, you'll see a ton of different landing pages where people are comparing mattresses and you click on a mattress and you buy it. You have to pay a little kickback. That happens every single day. But if you run your own software, you're not gonna write a blog post about a bunch of different mattress companies unless you've created a software that shows you how to keep your mattress at a different temperature, maybe. But Let's go back to Toast. Toast could create and has created content that talks about them versus competitors. The same way that people go to Google and they type in Coke versus Pepsi, Nike versus Reebok. People are doing comparisons between brands that Toast competes with. Toast versus Square, Toast versus DoorDash. These are things that they type in every single day. And people are going to search for two different brands, two different companies, two different organizations, two products, and they use this to make a decision. A decision on who they want to give their money to. This is what you would consider bottom of the funnel content. Now, it doesn't end with just direct brand versus brand search terms. It also includes things like, what is the best Toast POS competitors? What are the best Toast options that are a little bit cheaper? Cheaper versions of Toast or best Toast alternatives? Yes, that's right. Even when you are looking at alternatives, Toast has done a great job at creating this content, so you capture and land on their website, and guess what they'll tell you? They'll tell you that Toast is a great solution, but if you just so happen to think you need to leave, then here's, here's some tips, right? It's brilliant, because at the end of the day, they're able to control the SERP. They're able to control the stories, the narrative, and the message that shows up into Google. And if I do a search today, Google is showing Toast. Yes, there's going to be a bunch of ads trying to compete with them, but organically, people are going to find the article, the essay that Toast has developed, right? When you read that piece, you're going to see a lot of people who are going to be reading it thinking, oh, okay, I'm looking for Toast alternatives or Toast competitors or the best alternatives to Toast. I'm going to be met with a list of their competition. No, in fact, you're just going to be met with a bunch of content that talks about why Toast is actually the leader why they're the best and why you should stick with them and not actually go to any of the alternatives and why Toast is the best rated uh, solution on G2. But if you just so happen to have made it all the way through to halfway through the page after they brag and boast about how great they are, then maybe we can introduce you to a couple other alternatives. Alternatives that mm, aren't as good as us. They don't have the highest ranking on G2 like us. This is SEO moat in full effect. That is the power of having an SEO moat. That is the power of embracing the idea of creating content that truly can shape culture and have an impact on your business. When you're creating stories that help people understand how to build their business, if you're creating content that helps people put together a menu and have a boot camp, the relationship, the rapport that you have with your industry is going to lead to more links on your website. And now you might be thinking, Ross, what in the world does the links have to do with anything? Well, Google uses links to determine whether or not a website is actually credible. And it turns out that Toast has a ton of links. People link to all of the blog posts, all of the assets, all the landing pages every single day because it's so good. Restaurant associations link to these pieces of content because they're so good. And guess what? Google trusts restaurant associations because they're non-biased, or they're supposed to be. I don't know everything there is to know about this industry, but they would probably be considered highly qualified, highly authoritative, highly expert, highly trustworthy, and thus, if they're linking to Toast, it's probably a, a good piece of content. Now, yes, Toast embraces the idea of SEO, but it doesn't end there. They're also looking at generating a ton of traction through a wide range of different Sources, nearly 37% of all traffic to Toast comes from social media, according to SimilarWeb. With about 43 million monthly visits, that's a lot of people coming to their site every single month through social media channels, folks. This is because Toast has embraced the idea of diversifying their traffic beyond just search. Is search a big part of of Toast strategy? No question about it. They spend millions of dollars, I would estimate, over the last few years to actually drive traffic from SERP. They do. They recognize that the SERP is a very powerful thing to take ownership of. If you're able to rank in the SERP, you get a lot of visitors, you get a lot of people visiting your content, and that's a great thing. But they don't end there. They also embrace social, whether it's on LinkedIn, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's on Facebook, you name it. Toast is fully embracing social media as a way to distribute their story as well. Whether they're celebrating their employees, whether they're celebrating the restaurants, whether they're sharing fun pictures of dogs eating pit of dogs eating bagels or cute things like that, they recognize the importance of using social media to build a community. If there was one way that I would describe Toast's presence on social, it would be at the core of what they do, the four E's. What are the four E's? The four E's are essentially the concept and the strategy that every great brand embraces when it comes to social media and content marketing. It's an embracing of an idea that is rooted in educational content, engaging content, entertaining content, and empowering content. And when I look at Toast channels, there's no question that this shows up in every single thing that they do. When they create educational content, they're creating content that educates restaurant owners, cafe owners on how to do things better. These are the things that your employees need to know when they are saying hello to a guest for the first time, when they're sitting someone at their table. This is how you create a nice experience of surprise and delight. This is educational content that they share on social all the time. And by sharing this content on social, they're able to increase their following, but it doesn't end there because it's one thing to have a following, it's another thing to have a community. And you build a community through engagement. Engagement happens when you have a two-way dialogue. If somebody tweets at Toast, they're responding back. If somebody's in the comments on Toast on LinkedIn, they're having a reply back. They're having a dialogue with their customers. In fact, there's this hilarious story about the Toast CEO one of them, it might not have been the CEO, it was one of the founders. And I came across it while I was researching this episode where it talked about how they were at a club, they were at a nightclub, at an event or something like that. And they were having some challenge, the, the restaurant owner was having challenges with Toast software and he sent off an email or sent off a tweet, or he might've even called Toast support. And the CEO, who was literally talking to the restaurant owner at the time about their frustration, picked up the phone. That experience demonstrates the power of engagement. One-to-one interaction is key, folks. A lot of brands make the mistake of thinking, oh, we're on social media. It's just going to be a monologue where I'm going to preach. I'm going to share. I'm going to talk. I'm going to tell my story and people are going to buy from me. Not realizing that it's called social media for a reason. There's intended to be a dialogue. Now, the third type is entertaining. Entertaining is something that a lot of people oftentimes think, oh, yeah, but our brand can't be entertaining. We don't want to dilute our brand with entertaining content, blah, 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 blah. What you have to realize is that entertaining content to you might not be the same as entertaining content to another brand. Every brand is going to find entertainment and define entertainment differently. Entertainment doesn't always have to mean memes and funny pictures that you would see on the front page of Reddit. Entertainment can simply be things that put a smile on someone's face. It could be an inspirational story about a steakhouse that happened to be able to expand their footprint to 70 plus seats. And through that, they were able to knock record sales through the roof, whatever it might be. These are entertaining stories for this ICP. If you interview that person and they they have a cool personality and you're telling that story, that's not only educational, engaging, and entertaining, but it's also the fourth E, empowering. Empowering content is content that celebrates the people that you work with. And Toast does this extremely well, is just like, like to a degree better than most companies. What do I mean by that? You go through their LinkedIn and you'll notice that they're celebrating their actual customers. They're celebrating their customers through blog posts, They're celebrating their employees through updates on statuses, through LinkedIn, et cetera, and so much more. They're empowering the people they interact with on a day-to-day basis. This is how it's done, folks. This is how you create a content mode across multiple channels and diversify your traffic to a point where eventually you're able to just watch the engine run. This is content excellence. Whether you're looking at the content that they've created that ranks so well in Google or the way in which they've embraced the 4 E's with their social strategy or the founding of this business where they simply identified a problem went all in and always prioritized the customer not only with the product but also with the stories that they tell and the content they create this is the story of toast this is the story of a brand that was able to create something great wow Amidst the p- chaos of a pandemic, Toast could have just sat back and said, hey, we've got our customers, we're generating revenue, we're going to just let them be. They again, prioritized their customers. They made decisions and intentionally allowed their customers to be better off because they existed. This is the way that you build, not just an SEO mode and a content mode, but a brand mode as well. When Toast thinks about their products and their solutions, they always put their employees and customers first. This strategy is something that every brand can learn from. This strategy and this approach is something that every organization can learn from. And I hope that you can look at this and say, I too can someday create something great. Even if it just starts with an idea to fix something that you're having a problem with. The next time you walk in and you experience something that bugs you, that makes you feel like, oh, I wish this was better. I wish that this experience wasn't the way it was. Ask yourself if maybe, instead of just festering on the problem, you could create something great, because the next thing you know, you might be sitting on a multi-billion dollar idea, just like the founders and CEO of Toast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you have any additional feedback, thoughts, or perspective, or want me to share something else, or dive deep into a concept, a strategy, or a business that you love, let me know. I would love to hear from you. You can find me on all of your favorite social media platforms. Just do a quick search for Ross Simmons or at the coolest cool on Twitter, on Facebook, you name it. You can find me there and I would love to connect with you. You can definitely find me on Twitter. Most channels, I'm there. I hope you enjoyed this episode and please leave a review wherever you get to your podcast because if you made it all the way to this point, then you clearly are a marketing geek and you're my kind of people. So smash that subscribe button. Be sure to stay tuned for more episodes in the months to come. I'll be sure to drop a link in the show notes for a more in-depth guide on all the things that have to do with toast so you can check that out for a little bit further reading. Have a great day, evening, or weekend, and I will see you on the internet. If you want to know how to create life the grades, let's break it down.